Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon. And transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite. You are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. How are, good morning. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Yeah, good afternoon. Good morning, wherever you are in the country and the world. How are you doing? <laughs> exactly. Everybody, welcome aboard. It's uh, an honor to bring back to you Brian Melvin and uh, brother Brian. You want to open us in prayer? Sure thing, brother Shannon. Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now in the name of Jesus for being able to anoint me to be able to speak your word today and that will go out and go forth and people can learn something from it of what our true calling is in the church and what we are actually to be doing. And we get past the minutia in order to fight this cultural revolution that's sweeping the world to flip everything into a uh, Gnostic hellhole of totalitarianism. So Lord, give us the strength and power to overcome and help me be able to articulate your message and set people free according to your will, not mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. My brother, uh, the mic is yours. Take it away. 
Okay, Brother Shannon, it's great to be here, everybody. So, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you the d title of today's message is called The Day the Devil Came to Church. The Day the Devil Has Come to Church. Why do I say that? Well, we live in a world seeking to alter life itself. Alter everything. Erase all that stands in the way. We are facing a cultural revolution against all that is decent and good in the next step in the evolutionary walk towards utopia. This line of thinking is brought out in the old oldest religion in the world, a parasitic religion as a matter of fact, that's seen in both uh, the oldest ancient recordings of it are in ancient hermeticism and Gnosticism, and the different denominations in Gnosticism that testify uh, that it's a religion of altering the, the state of the human being, okay? I call it, and I nicknamed this oldest religion, Satanism after the Hebrew pronunciation of Satan. If I say Satanism, you're going to think a uh, wrong thing about it because there are different denominations of Satanism. This is Satanism, okay? And Gnosticism sums it up. So what is Gnosticism? Gnosticism is the idea that through receiving divine knowledge or gnosis from a secret, pure, earthreal spirit being, a divine mind, Taught by his cronies to human agents, one can overcome the limits and boundaries of the material world by transitioning back into a spiritual being and thus find true freedom, liberty, and bliss. The root of Gnosticism teaches that a pure being of divine mind created the spiritual world, where pure spirit beings reside in bliss. Then one day, one of these beings, known as the Demiurge, went off the rails and ruined this pure spirit world by creating a material universe. In other words, this world that we live in, with its loathsome physical human beings uh, running, ruining this pure world of the spirit. So Gnosticism brands this demiurge as a Judaic Christian God, is seen as the enemy. So the divine mind and the all-seeing all eye of liberty and illumination decided to have his helpers help humanity evolve back into uh, the spirit world by becoming spir uh, pure spirit. This is guided by the Gnostics' God's secret knowledge, which he reveals to humanity through his hierarchy, the Ephesians 6.12 crowd of principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness, and host of weakness in heavenly places. And they teach people the need to destroy materialism, destroy property, destroy prosperity, destroy free market capitalism, uh, alter genders, alter the family structure, destroy God's order and design by altering its forms. Thus, humanity slowly evolves into a new spiritual beings and all in collective harmony with the occultic hierarchy and the Gnostic God we call Satan and his fallen watchers to guide everybody. Thus, they, they think that they can defeat the Demiurge by liberating humanity back to the spirit world and, and using human agents to do so. This philosophy is seen in fascism. This philosophy is seen in communism. This philosophy is seen in totalitarianism. This, all, everything. This is seen, everything. If you don't think communism is a religious movement and fascism is, you need your, really do some investigation. Those are religions. Secularism is a religion. And it's guided by these principalities and powers through the Gnosticism and secret knowledge to get everybody back into a utopia. So, and they are all about defeating the God of the Bible and his people. You've got to realize that. It is a spiritual war getting ready to go hot. So, 
the Demiurge is not really the Judaic Christian God, but it's actually the devil, the great serpent of old, who mirrors his crimes on, onto the one and true only God of all creation, known as the Father of life itself, who we worship, the Lord God Almighty. The devil in his spiritual hierarchy seek to overthrow God by pitting his own standards, promises, words, command, character, traits, and even his own nature against each other. This is attempted by altering the design and order of God's creation back to a new spirit world, a new dimension. This battle is being played out and seen in the Garden of Eden in the fall of man. And I'm going to read this a little bit to you out of the King James here. It says in Genesis chapter 3, 1 through 4, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has indeed God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat, nor shall ye touch woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. However, did they forget Genesis chapter 126? You ever wondered that? Where God said, let us make us make man in our own image. Uh, and that word image means hewn, in, hewn into a certain shape and function. Let us make man in our image, hewn into a certain shape and function, like our, according to our likeness. Our likeness is an abstract, intelligent similarity. It is a reasoning similarity. It's similar to how God is. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and the cattle and over every creepy thing that creepeth on the earth. Why did God do that? Why did he create us in our image? This does not mean that we are created in God class when we are little gods. This means that we were hewn into a certain shape and function to reflect how we govern our world like God, how God governs the universe, okay? Because he says we have dominion, okay? So that we can carry out the will of the Lord as he prescribed, exercising dominion, tending and keeping what he made on earth, ruling his place, taking care of the family and each other, managing the things on earth and tending to the animals, so forth, etc., to make sure everything is functioning and everything remains alive. So God's image and likeness refers to governing in the similitude of the fruit of the Spirit, to make it simple. That means we are to govern our world that he gave us intelligently by reflecting his image and likeness of love, joy, peace, patient humility, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and truth, all according to God's character traits of justice, understanding, wisdom, knowledge, all guided by mercy, grace, and fortitude, and again by his truth. That was our first estate. This is how we were designed originally to be. This is how he made us. Long ago, as Revelation chapter 12 says, there was a war in heaven. In Jude chapters 1 verse 6 says, states that these fallen watchers left their first estate. The word first estate literally means their design, order, and function. And they came and they corrupted humanity through their rebellion. They did not want to retain their, their design. And so they rebelled. They left their first estate, stripped themselves of their design and function that God originally did and wanted them to be. They rejected it totally. So just keep tracking with me. In Genesis chapter uh, 3, verse uh, 4, it says, um, there, um, it says, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You will be like God. Be like God. In other words, you will become a pure spirit being. 
okay? You will be living in this body, trapped in this material world, and you can become pure spirit like God and take it all over and enter into a new spirit world of paradise. That is the rebellion, folks. That's what that means. You ever wondered what that means? Well, folks, that's what that means. Um, they want to be a pure spirit being. What does all that mean? Well, look, Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 15 through 17, mentions that the devil, the one in the tree, was taken in by his own spiritual splendor and beauty. Then iniquity was found in his heart. He wanted to replace God and become the big cheese in charge of it all. He wants to destroy God's universe, reshape it, remake the spirit world in his own image and likeness. He doesn't like the material world. He hates it. In other words, uh, he deems God's created material world along with humanity inferior to the splendor of the spiritual world that he was made in. However, some parts of the world do sparkle and shine. He wants to keep that, the gold and the gems and stuff. That stuff is okay, but human beings are just dirt. You know, that's how he views us. He views it as just dirt. The devil is more cunning than any beast of the field and tempted Adam and Eve to change their form. What did they do? He taught them to reject their first estate, to reject paradise. They could be like God, become a pure spirit being powerful enough to work both good and evil to their benefit. Thus, humanity joined the rebellion by pitting good and evil together in an attempt to entrap God to act contrary to himself, to become like God. They thought they could become a pure spirit being in a new spiritual world and their own utopia without God. Escape this materialism. You got to remember, Adam and Eve were clothed in pure light because when you, when Adam, for example, Moses walked and saw God, and uh, you know, as he walked in, saw saw God from the behind there, and he, when he was put in the cleft of the rock, and he glowed for three days brighter than a light bulb, and so Adam and Eve were physical body was meant to live in the presence of God, clothed in light. But they lost that light and found themselves naked, just like we do, folks. We no longer are walking in the light of God. So, so that is um, what it's all about, to become pure spirit beings so they can take it over. They join the devil's rebellion and try to create a pure spirit world. That's why we have Marxism and the cultural revolution you're seeing right now. That's why you have the fascism, uh, you know, we're at work right now. That's why you're seeing everything you love being destroyed and all order, law and order being ruined because they want to reshape the world and because they're on a crusade and to lead people into a new spiritual bliss. A utopia. That's Satanism. And it began on earth. That's how it began. And what the devil does, he alters humanity. And we experiencing the altering of family into a new form. Families are divided. We see in the Garden of Eden and, they, and Adam and their kids. The kids fought each other. One killed another. Uh, Cain slew Abel. So we see the family being altered. 
We see the world being altered to become a world citizen or a global citizen. Parents are not needed to raise their own children. The state does better on teaching right human relations than parents do. Boys will be girls and girls must be boys, blended into one new gender identity. Do you see an altering of human form being shoved down your throat through Target? Maybe through... Yeah, I think so. Through Bud Light commercials, though I don't drink beer, but you see them. The human form actually was altered in Genesis chapter 6 by the Nef and by the creation of the Nephilim. And God stopped that and praised the Lord. However, the devil and his minions egg on humanity to alter their forms, reject their first estate as they did, and join the rebellion to find liberty and freedom and, and, and prosperity and we'll give you all good things, okay? Well, the devil's been busy, busily, cunningly having human beings alter their form through alcohol. Alcohol changes you, don't you know? Alters your mind. Drugs, pornography, abuse, alter your mind. Trafficking of little ones, alter human beings. Uh, through the poisoning of the media, educational systems, and entertainment, through, they alter what it means to be human. Okay, Through altering of science and psychology to fit a narrative, they alter what it means to be human. They alter business and banking to rule the government and world through trading and commerce, thus corrupting the world and altering it into their own image of a utopia to reach a spiritum. And through paganism and its worship of the earth, they alter what it means to be human beings. They don't let you be a reasoning, intelligent human being. They censor and silence all debate. That is the world of paradise the devil has in mind for humanity. After all, him and his hierarchy think that you and I are just dirt. Get that through there, not your friend. They want to alter what it means to be human through transhumanism by the blending of technology and human beings. Put them together. Don't you see that? And by the WEF, they, put the inter they want to put the internet matrix into the human mind. They want to alter humanity to be easily controlled, tracked, and exploited. They want you to, their idea is to become a pure spirit of reflecting the devil's sense of right human relations regulated by totalitarian means. This is why Alice Bailey writes in her writings that the hierarchy, the devil's henchmen here, are all about the, the, the three flawed forms of government they like the best to use are the totalitarian, which includes fascism, social democratic, and communism. Why do you think the devil loves those so much? Because they reflect his destruction of the human form. They alter freedom by calling it slavery. They alter pronouns and language. The ends justify the means. Have humanity ruined their estates, ruined their way of life, and then so you're enslaved and run to the devil and his henchmen for substance. You'll see that in the book of Revelation. Without the mark, you can't buy, sell, or eat. And now they're going to cat they want alter uh, the means of supporting ourselves through a uh, cashless society, digital currency. They want to. That's what it's all about. They um, guess what happens? The devil goes to church, and fellowship with God changes its form in churches. Fellowships with others are altered by pandemics. Human relations are altered by calling good evil and evil good. In fact, Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through uh, 21 makes it pretty plain here. Now, the works of the flesh are evidence. This is, look at all these things alter humanity. 
adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissension, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like, which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's how the King James Version, folks. Those alter the human being. Midst this, Jesus said in John chapter 16, something profound. He said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Think about that. We no longer have to live in these altered states. And we can be free from it. So we've got to ask, how? That is what I like to focus in on today. Jesus came and restored our form, what God intended us to be, reconciled us back to the Father, through what Jesus accomplished for us by the cross and resurrection. We become his body his church, his assembly on earth. The devil has even altered this, but be of good cheer, Jesus overcame this world system and its ruler over the sons of pride. The church, his people, are to be the visible expression of God's invisible nature and his character on earth. We are called to make his name his character. Name means character known on earth. That is our purpose as the church. That has been slowly filtered away and destroyed and altered itself because the devil has come into church. Listen to what it means here. And uh, we're to make his character known. You don't believe me? Let's look at the Bible says. Ezekiel 39 verse 7 says, So I'll make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let them pollute my holy name anymore, and that the heathen shall know that I am the Lord God, the Holy One in Israel. He wants his name known, and so that people stop polluting his character, trying to manipulate his character, or use his character to get things that, you know, like sin, that grace may abound, and things like that. We are to tell of all God's wonderful works. Did you not know that? In Psalms 105, verses 1 through 5, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing to him. Sing songs. Talk of all his wonderful works. Glory in his holy name, his holy character. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord, Jehovah and his strength. Seek his face forevermore. Remember his marvelous works which he has done, his wonders, and his judgments of his mouth. Folks, I gotta tell you, Jesus came and freed us from being under the sway of the evil one. How? By making his deeds known. By, you know, proclaiming his name, his character, living according to it. Jesus, after all, said in John chapter 14, get this, keep tracking with me here, verse 11 through 14, he says, Jesus says, believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. That's a very important verse to understand verses 12 through 13. Most assuredly, I say unto you, he who believes in me and the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. How many times have you heard um, people preach that? Most likely it's been preached in an altered form without realizing that verse 14 is there. Else believe me for the sake of the works themselves, because, okay? We are, what does all that mean? Let me explain. We are called to reveal his name, his character. We are to be the visible expression of God the Father's character traits on earth. You don't get this yet? Look at Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 3 and 5. For I will proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. A God of truth without injustice, righteous and upright is he. They have corrupted themselves, they are not his children because of their blemish, a perverse and crooked generation. 
Con saying he wants his name proclaimed, and we are uh, his work is maturing, perfect. He wants us to live according to his justice, according to his truth, without injustice. We, he wants us to be to act in a right, wise way and be upright. And that's how we are to reflect. That's how he designed us to be. But the devil altered our form, and we became a crooked and perverse generation. But thank the Lord, Jesus came back and restored us and provided reconciliation. But what happened? Well, people have corrupted themselves. They have been altered, even in the church, because the devil came to church one day, so that has become all signs, wonders, power, and glory. Wow. So when you ask anything in his name, it's all about signs, wonders, and miracles, and glory. Well, whom is being reflected with Jesus' name tagged to it, okay? Just who is getting the glory here with Jesus' name attacked to it to justify them receiving the glory? Ask anything in his name has been altered to mean to, as a means to achieve recognition, acceptance, prestige, power, fame, renown. Make a name for yourself with Jesus' name tagged along just to justify the trip. The devil came to the church one day, didn't he? And he began to alter it. Are people seeing a reflection of Jesus, I ask? Who reflects the Father as Romans chapter 8 says really in the church anymore. For he who foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of the representation of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, he called, and whom he called, he justified, whom he justified, these he also glorified. So what do people see? Who do we represent most of the time? People see others representing their own interests, plans, prophecies, positions in the church justified as doing so for Jesus, of course, you know. Deuteronomy chapter 32 says there, they, uh, verse 4, they corrupted themselves. They are not as children because of their blemish. It's a perverse and crooked generation that seeks to alter the image of God that we are created in. The devil's in the church altering it. This is foretold by God that this would happen as we near the end of the age. Big time, it's going to happen. But be of good cheer, Jesus Christ overcame the world. The church has slowly lost sight of this, and in places it abuses it. Look again what Jesus said in John chapter 14, 12 and 14. Uh, most assuredly, truthfully, I'm telling you, he who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And in Matthew chapter 28's great commission statement, here Jesus is implying that the Father sent him, he is likewise sending in you and I. So what does that really mean? Well, we can ask, and we'll do greater works, okay? Because we are glorifying the Father, okay? He's implying something to us. We are here to show the world what God is like. We have authority to walk in the degree of power that is proportionate to our character. The devil, on the other hand, is all about altering our character with visions of self-exaltation, with Jesus' name tagged to it just to justify the trip, I tell you. I've seen lots of people do that. Thus, what folks do see I gotta ask you, what do folks really see reflected most in the church world? Look, I gotta tell you, the role of the indwelling Holy Spirit, as the Bible says, is sanctification. As it is, as it is written in First Thessalonians chapter four, verse three, "This is the will of God, 
your sanctification. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 13, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. Sanctification by the Spirit involves learning how to reflect God, more of God's character than our own character, okay? To have character involves a repentant life. And yes, I gotta qualify this. Yes, we're not perfect and we blow it often, but people need to see the grace of God in our lives, okay? How he restores you and I by how we act after we repent. I repent, and I'm going back to the bar. Oh, yeah, you really repented, okay? No, you're gonna, people are going to see you going through stuff and how you handle it, and they'll, they'll look at your very life and God developing your character to reflect Him and by trusting in His grace. That'll mean something to them. They'll see our struggles, yet they'll see God getting you through the tough times, through the addictions, through whatever. In fact, my book on heaven, I hope it comes out sometime soon, is I'm, I'm actually writing what I learned in heaven. I told folks uh, this, and yet a lot of people, they just, this, uh, they just want the spectacular. They don't want to know how God operates, his sovereignty operates, and how he changes us through the hard times and the bad times, and how he changes our character. They don't want to hear that. They want spectacular. Anything without character development in it, okay? God's grace is actually being revealed in our lives through what we go through. That in itself testifies how great God is and reveals his character and mercy for those who are humbled under the mighty hand of God. By that, we can help others without our pride of life getting in the way, altering God's work for self-glory, okay? Do you all think the Bible uh, yearns in vain to keep ourselves holy and separate away from the ways of the world that alters us in a bad way? Do, do you think that when the Lord said, be holy, be separate from the world as the Lord is separate from the corruption of the world? Hmm? I'm not talking about sinless perfection. We all blow it, but it's how we live this repentant life that people see and we change is what people are looking at. This stuff is real, not phony baloney. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, what do you think? Okay? Um, such folks who don't want to be changed by God's hands, they're, they're watching porn in secret. They're beating up their spouses and kids in private. Um, what God wants us to live a separated life from that stuff. It's, this is how the world alters us by causing you to watch porn, beat up spouses, terrify your kids. Ruin your family. Don't have relationships. Look at a computer screen or your phone. That's on social media, and that is your life. You're, you're being altered. However, the power to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils, help and set the captives free is intended to reveal our Heavenly Father to the world, not for our self-glory. His intent is to give liberty to the captives, recover sight to the blind, the opening of prison to those who are bound. The will of the Father results in liberty to mankind, the kind of liberty that we can serve the true and most high God and be reconciled back to how God intended us to be designed in the first place, to govern our world by the fruit of the Spirit, what people desperately need in this crooked, warped, warped world, altered world. Our job as Christians is not to heal the sick, our job is to represent the fathers, and when we represent him, all these perks of healing and miracles and so forth come part of that package. The problem is people want to get the cart before the horse. 
what happens is one side of the aisle in the church focus only on character and sanctification and exclude the signs and wonders part. The other side of the aisle focuses only on signs and wonders part by excluding the importance of a humble character. Both are needed. Listen again what John chapter 14 verse 12 says. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, I will do also. Uh, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I'll do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my character, I, name, I will do it. Again, a question I have to ask myself, who do I reflect most often? Myself, my own self-interest, or the Lord's? I fail, just like everybody else. I'm sure not perfect, but I thank God for His grace and make God see the grace of God in my life and say, I need a God like that to help me overcome like you did, Brian. I see God working in your life. I know where you came from. Because you're, you're open about it. You, you tell about your faults and flaws and how God changed you. So we as the body of Christ are involved in for a purpose in the world. Okay, Okay, let me try to explain this. We are to reflect the Lord God Almighty. So we as the body of Christ are involved in the destruction of the false gods of the nations, are the fallen watchers who are altering what it means to be a human being. We are called to combat that. We are the hands and feet called the body of Christ for that purpose. We are reconciled back to God through Jesus Christ and the granted power from on high to uh, restore others back into their original design God created us to be in. Before the fall, that's what he wants us, you know, to be like, like we were before the fall, governing our world by the fruit of the Spirit. Not as a spirit being, but as one who has a soul, a spirit soul in a physical body, able to dwell in the presence of, of God and help him take care of the new heavens and earth. This is not Gnosticism. Okay? We are carriers of God's Spirit when we get born again. We are called the body of Christ. We are call, we're called to walk in the role that we are originally ordained to walk in as sons and daughters, or adopted sons and daughters of God. When we do this, we are literally making God visible through our actions, through our conduct, and our character. When we do this, we're literally being harbingers of the destruction of the fallen watchers, the false gods of the world, the devil and his Gnostic hierarchy. We are here to proclaim the kingdom of God is at hand. We are God's invading ar army, invading army, invading enemy territory, proclaiming that God is our Father by how we live, whom we reflect, and often we reflect his grace after we mess up. And others see us restored because sanctification involves learning to walk humbly before God. Think of sanctification as learning to walk humbly before God. Jesus came into our lives. He literally restores what it was lost in paradise. And in this life, with its hardships, troubles, its persecution and battles, we're stepping into our role. What is that? Micah 6.8 tells us how from the New King James. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? He has shown you what is good, functionally good. He has sent his Holy Spirit to teach us how to get back on track. 
Recall that we were created to govern our little worlds intelligently by reflecting the fruit of this Holy Spirit, governed by love, joy, peace, patience, humility, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and truth, according to God's character traits of justice, understanding, wisdom, knowledge, all guided by mercy, grace, and fortitude with his truth. That was our first design. That's how we're designed. The devil altered it. Now, the God is through reconciliation to what Christ did on the cross, we begin to learn how to live in that manner again here on this earth. Okay? <coughs> and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God? Okay? This is why being this, uh, let me say this. This is where being humble comes in. Without humility before God, we can ask in Jesus' name and see very little, if any, miracles, healing and mighty works and salvations and casting out devils and setting folks free will happen. Why? We want the spotlight on us. We're too proud to admit it because we're doing it with Jesus' name attached to justify the trip of self-glory. Instead uh, making God visible to the world, who are we really making visible with the world? We have whole people going to classes and schools and how to do signs, wonders, and miracles, but your character, what about the wounds in your life that destroyed your life? Are they being taken care of? Are you being healed up on the inside? Are you learning to walk humbly before God? I read you the word of God. No, no, you don't want the word of God. You want the word of a prophet. You want this, that to give you your direction because you want to be a big shot or you just want an easy answer to go back to crawl in a bottle and die. I don't know. You may not like my words, but who do we reflect the most? Okay? What... Uh, um, Instead of making God visible to the world, who is really visible? Is it arrogance masquerading as uh, humility? Or is it the Lord God made, being made visible to the world by how we live our lives, how we walk by grace, how, how, you know, how we govern ourselves by the fruit of the Spirit? Uh, the, world, uh, the Lord wants the world to recognize him. They want to, God wants to see uh, himself at work through us because it is God who works in us both to will and do his good pleasure. Folks, I'm telling you that for a reason. That's what God's all about. In both the Bible and the book of Acts, we see how the church functioned as an extension of the Father's will to glorify himself through Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 4 in that big prayer, you know, Lord, stretch out thy hand to do the signs, wonders, and miracles. Not, I decree and declare that I will do them. No, Lord, you do, that you may, that your Son may be glorified. Ask anything according to my character to glorify the Father, it will be done. But if your character is bad and you've been altered so bad by the devil and you don't allow the Lord sanctification work in you to, to improve your character, to keep you away from pride and arrogance, you're not going to see a whole lot. But the early church did because those folks went through you-know-what, and God took them on a journey through Jesus Christ, okay? And what they went through, I won't get into all that. And both, So they endured great persecution because of this. They testified their testimony, and did not love their lives unto death, for they knew God as the faithful God, and his world has never been the same because of it, folks. And that's something. Nowadays, it's all about self in the church, all about signs and wonders without humility at all. 
not without any humility, no repentant life before God, and all the signs and wonders are not going to happen on any scale as they once did in the early church because people are operating on the wrong motives. The gifts and callings and promises of God are irrevocable, and people use that to force God's hands to do good to cover their missing the mark and the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Okay? So it becomes all signs and wonders without humility, without a, uh, at all. It's just signs and wonders. The art or becomes all developing character and no signs and wonders and everything gets messed up because that doesn't glorify God either. It's both together. Yet the devils came to church and altered its form and apostasy and all the woke stuff has crept in now that you see. So how do we get back on track? Okay. Actually, Isaiah 61 verses 1 through 4 explains how. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. Let me read it again. The Spirit of the Adonai Jehovah is upon me because Jehovah, or Yahweh, has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Okay? I mean, are you born again? You got the Holy Spirit. You need an infusion of and power from on high, too, okay? I'm just saying, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you who's teaching you all things. And you've been anointed, empowered, to preach good tidings to the poor. That means those who have been crushed by life. What does that mean? It means you're altered by life, <clears throat> where your dreams have been shattered. Is your hope gone? Okay? We are to preach good tidings to the poor. That's what the Lord is about. You've been crushed by life. The devil has altered your life. He destroyed your hope, destroyed your dreams, and you enjoyed the ride to an point, and now when you repent, when you come back to him, he wants to restore you. So we reflect the Lord proclaiming that he is here to lift you out of the mess. So be free of that in Jesus' name. Okay, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Okay, so I got to ask, has your heart been shattered in life, altered so bad that you are lost in the need to seek power, control, prestige? To, or, or do you live in anxiety and fear? Uh, or, or you enjoy being pushed around or enjoy pushing others around? How has your heart been broken and altered your life course? How has it been shattered? You don't want to love anybody because if they, someone says you love you, oh, that means abuse. So you put up barriers, walls. Your family's been destroyed. You don't even know what a father or mother is, okay? Because you live in a broken home in a crazy town, family. The devil altered that. Your heart's been broken. And with a broken heart, you may seek signs, wonders, and power and glory just to make yourself feel good. And thus... You alter those in the devil's image and not God's image for your own selfish purpose. God wants to heal the broken heart so you stop abusing the gifts, promises, and callings of God. Will you allow him to do that? Okay? A broken heart uh, will have you learn to walk humbly before God. Okay? As well as a broken heart will keep you away from walking humbly with God. How so? Well, 
you know, your heart's been broken. How can I trust God who says he loves me? How can I untrust this God who's invisible? He's not there. And, and you, know, you know, you got cancer. You got sick. You got this. You got that. You know, and all this stuff. And, and you got questions. Your heart's shattered. Okay? So that keeps you walking humbly and just accepting. Lord, heal my broken heart. Reveal to me what it is that causes me to act so stupid. What is the root of my problem? You know, the Lord showed me mine. And it went back to a memory that I vaguely knew about, but I obfuscated it, covered it over, and didn't think it had any bearing. But when the Lord revealed it to me, uh, I was as a kid, I was strapped to a gurney being hauled down the hospital room to have the back of my mouth sewed up because I was born with a partial cleft palate. I didn't know what was going on. I was a young little tyke, about two, two and a half years old. I remember that part. And then then one day the Lord brought it to my memory and he healed me because I lived my life with a broken heart. My mom and dad rejected me. They didn't rescue me. I'm down, and I woke up in a hospital room as a little kid with a, a, an older lady who had gallbladder surgery, and I was strapped to the bed. I couldn't move. I had stuff in my mouth. I remember that. I remember this lady singing to me, and the Lord healed me of that memory. That destroyed my life. Uh, seeking me, I, I was a thrill seeker. I had, I, man, I, people who know me, I did stupid things just for the thrill of it, folks. And, uh, I mean, I, I was a ham. You know, some people, oh, you're quiet and reserved, but they didn't know me in school. They didn't know how I was. I like to act up and carry on and joke around. It was all a facade. Because the devil altered my world by a deformity in my mouth that was sewn together, and the doctor saved my life. I was able to forgive the doctors, forgive my parents, and boy, freedom came. My broken heart healed. Now I can walk humbly before God. He healed me. Maybe he needs to heal your broken heart. So in the name of Jesus, whatever that is, may he wake that up in you, and you be healed in Jesus' name, because that's his purpose, is to restore you. And, this, and, to and to proclaim liberty to the captive. Are you held captive to the same old sin or problems in life that keep repeating? Are you keep living in a mental attitude that you can't be rid of? Oh, Jesus wants you freedom. He will set you free. If you are bound by these, uh, you alter the miracle working power of God for your own benefit. But if you realize that you need to be free from the pornography or addictions or whatever you're held captive to or a mental attitude of defeatism because you came from a broken home, the, he wants us to proclaim, the Father wants you free from these things. So therefore, be released from them in Jesus' name. He wants the, you to stop rejecting the power of God. Just accept him. The Lord is throwing you a lifeline right now. So in the name of Jesus, be free. And also the Lord wants us to open the prison to those who are bound. So are you bound to things or something that you can't seem to escape from? Well, the Lord is all about opening the door right now for you to leave. Is it the pride of life? Is it the lust of other things? Are you bound to seek acceptance in all the wrong places? Are you a play actor? So no one notice your prison bars? In the name of Jesus, be free. Luke chapter 4, Jesus uh, adds, uh, open the eyes of the blind. So you can see God, understand the role you are to play. 
Now, you are to walk in the power of God, helping other people. This is what you're supposed to do. Preach good tidings to the poor, because you've been healed. And he has and to heal the brokenhearted, because he healed your broken heart. To proclaim liberty to the captives, because he set you free from your captivity. Open the prison to those who are bound, because he opened your prison doors. So you're able to articulate it. And so your blind eyes are open, and you can see the role you are to play. That is the role of the church. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord in the day of vengeance of our God, Isaiah 61 verse 2 says, verse 3 of 61, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, okay, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the plantings of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Notice that phrase in verse 3, the plantings of the Lord, that he may be glorified. The devil has come into the church, and it's all about self-glory. I want to be an apostle. I'm going to God. I'm a prophet. I'm a pastor teacher. I'm an evangelist. I am. I am. Well, you become the I am. Because you have a wounded heart that's been crushed. You have a wounded, broken heart. You have a crushed spirit. You have things in your life that need to be healed so your character can be reshaped and remolded to reflect God's image without perverting it. That's what's missing in the church, folks. And listen what we are to do. Isaiah 61, verse 4. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities and desolation that many generations wrought and brought upon themselves. These verses reveal the Father's heart. When, you, when born again, you receive the Holy Spirit as a down payment on our salvation. That same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. It's time to be resurrected back into new life. That is what sanctification is all about. Resurrection back to new life, healing you up on the inside. So you can do the signs and wonders so it doesn't go to your head and you receive all the glory for it. How many glory hounds are in the church right now? They don't need any more. They need to fall on their face and ask Lord and have some carpet time with them and ask him to heal them up too. Jesus said this, John 14, verses 12 through uh, 14. Most assuredly, I, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whoever, and whatever you ask in my name, my character, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my character, I will do it. Do you hear what the Lord says? Do you hear what he's saying to you? So I ask, in Jesus' name, wherever you're bound, wherever you're hurting, whatever's uh, manifesting in your, in your life, and I know it's tough. I know people are listening to me, and, they're, and they're, they're hurting. They're being pestered by pestering thoughts. They are in turmoil. They are, they're hearing voices. They're, they they, they want to give up on life. They see the freight train coming, and they want to give up, and they don't know what to do. I'm saying, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he's here to set you free. I'm asking you in the power of the Holy Spirit to fall upon you and restore you, revitalize you, and restore you back to soundness of heart and mind and see the grace of God. God has great things for us, folks. He's restoring us to be a reflection of the Father's will on earth. 
okay? All glory and honor goes to the Lord, not myself nor you. To be used of God in any great capacity, you must walk humbly before the Lord. For he has shown you, as Micah chapter 6, 8 says, for he has shown you, O man, O woman, what is good. He shows you what is good and functional. He is. He, only goodness comes from him. And that from that we can do justly. We can exercise true justice to defend the poor, the widow, and the orphan. Not by wokeism and woke means, but by uh, knowing that we may have to fight a physical war against the forces of darkness that are manipulating human agents to threaten our very existence. We may have to fight. Why do soldiers go to war? Why does Ecclesiastes say, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says, there's a time for war and a time for peace. We are in a time of war right now. The threat is huge. The devil wants to alter the nations of the world, and especially the United States. When that goes down, we enter into a totalitarian world system, a new order of the world. It ain't going to be pretty, folks. We are called to resist it, to do justly. How's that? To offer mercy, to show the grace of God. Yes, shown you, old man, what is good, but to do justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly before God. Not in arrogance, not boasting in, in, of your power and your ability, but in the Lord's ability. That's what we to, are to do. And Jesus says, if you ask anything according to my character, that I'll do. So I ask that to be upon you, and you be free from all that has you bound. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Great word tonight with Brian Melvin. Brother Brian, give us a title out again for tonight's episode. Okay. The Day the Devil Came to Church. All right. Because <laughs> the devil word. altered in church, Brother Shannon. He has. He's altered so many things. And, oh, yeah. And I'm, you know, I've been you know, examining the occult world, and I'm, I'm seeing the altering through Gnosticism, how it all fits, how it all works now, how it's all put together. And the devil has come into the church and, and, and nullified it, neutered it. No yeah. other way to say it. He's done that with a lot of the Bibles, too. That's why I personally stick with the authorized King James Version. When yeah, I did, well, I, I do too, but I have trouble reading the King James sometimes. I read about 80% fine, but I have to use the new King James too. I mean, I, I don't, you know, the other versions, you know, they, they leave out verses. <laughs> oh, well, you know, the uh, the other versions, yeah, they're using the corrupted Hort Westcott uh, uh -huh. Greek text, which is, uh, is corrupted. These guys were occultists. If you're going to use the new King James, stick with either the first or the second version. The newest version... Well, I have Third I have version. the first version. I have the first okay. version, 1980 edition. There. <laughs> well, you're good, because the third version uh, got stolen by the Catholic Church and taken back. They're using the uh, Vaticanus and Sinaiticus, so that's mm. a bridge Bible back to Babylon. So not only has the devil infiltrated the church, but he's tried to steal our word, and uh, mm -hmm. he's trying to steal the sexual identity of children. Um, he's attacking at all points. What a true word tonight. Uh, Brother Brian, how can people reach you and your ministry and support it? Well, people can reach me and support me. Uh, you know, they look online and they can see my, um, my website, which I'm trying to work on and get a new one with updated. 
but it's very expensive with a, my own website. But anyway, before that, I am, it's, it's called After Hours Ministries. It's all one word. It's plural, After Hours Ministries, plural, dot com. And you can see how to contact me there. But if you want to contact me my uh, through and support me through PayPal and also email me, you can email me through B w melvin number one at gmail.com or brian melvin number one at aol.com either one you can reach me that way also you can also help support and if you'd like to buy my first book a land unknown hell's dominion it's on uh, the internet you can look it up on amazon or bookseller or order it from a bookstore and go right ahead and that would help me as well or you can go to my youtube channel called the christian marauder i usually do a live stream on um, saturday about 8 30 and in fact, I'll be doing this same message, <laughs> and probably a little different because I do it every time different, on tomorrow, too, because people need to hear this, because I, you know, people just need to see how the devil's entered the church and altered things. Absolutely. Great word. Uh, Brother Brian, a thought occurred to me, I want to mention to you, are you coming out with uh, a new edition of your your book called um, what? Hell Land Best? What's it called? Uh, uh, Land Unknown, Hell's Dominion. No, I still have the originals out there. Um, and I'll probably maybe do a re-edit on it, not really to add too much. Maybe add a couple of things in the addendum. But um, I'm thinking of that. But I just wanted to, um, just trying to think for a new edition of that. But the other book hopefully will be coming out. It's my heaven experience. And I tried to convey in my heaven book things I learned in heaven which is not secret revelation knowledge, but it's everything I learned is found in the Bible. Sure. And, um, and, and it's um, basically, I, I saw how God's sovereignty works. I can't explain it. I mean, I try to in the book. I did the best I could, how he puts things together and how he heals us and how, you know, these are the things that God revealed to me. So a lot of what I just shared tonight is a summation of it. Have you thought about doing any illustrations in, the, uh, in these books? Yeah, I got a sketch pad. I'm gonna do some rough sketches, and I'll find see if my sister, she's an artist, and I'm not. Oh wow, she's a really good artist, and maybe she can try to give a few illustrations. Oh wow, yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool. Put some uh, illustrations in the book. That'd be awesome. Uh, Brian, mm. thank you for coming on tonight, and uh, I want you to look at your schedule and get me some dates for June. It's wide open. Okay, I will do that, brother. Have a great weekend, man. Love you. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Have Thank a great you, day. God bless you. God bless. Hey, everybody. Okay, we've got about five, six minutes, and we're going to come back next with uh, Tom Mack and finish off this week's marathon. We had a program this morning at 8 a.m. with Elvis Duhart. Then we had Betsy Pelletieri, Dr. Jonathan Hansen, Joseph Ferrara, that was Brian Melvin, and we're doing a full six-show marathon today. Tom Mack up next. Of course, uh, yesterday we had Gary Stafford, Bill and Valerie French, Demon Hotline, John Terrell, and David Measures. I owe you a couple days' worth of uh, uploads to the archives. I've got them all separated and numbered uh, through yesterday, and uh, I'll get those started here in a moment or two. Time for some iced tea. No, actually, it's time for an uh, iced 
cappuccino. I bought one of them up at the store, got it in the refrigerator, it's ready to pour. Okay, <laughs> whatever you want to drink on this program, water, coffee, tea, it's all good. Lemonade, um, I drank too much lemonade for a while, it gave me some like acid reflux, so I don't drink too much lemonade anymore. I think it was lemonade plus onion rings. Boy, it upset me bad. Okay, let me save this program and we'll be right back. 